Bring that shit, Mr. Finley. All right, so we want to talk about um, the the uh, Mazeless brothers. Yeah, let's talk about Albert this. and David Mazeless. Now we want to go ahead. No, okay. So here's the th- okay. So here's here's funny. Okay, I, I here's never funny. Um, you told me years ago about a movie called Grey Gardens, which oh, I, I still have never yeah. seen. These guys created Grey Gardens. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Never saw it before. And then uh, recently, I was watching this thing on Netflix called Documentary Now. Mm-hmm. And like the first, it's 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 they do satires of famous right. documentaries. And the first one is is I had no idea what the hell they were satires. That's but, too bad. And at the same, you hadn't seen it. No, I, but at the same time, I was watching it going, this is so fucking specific. It must be made. You have it to. must be about a movie. Yeah. And then I looked it up, and that's what it was all about. 1975's Grey Gardens, yeah. God damn it. And this, like, by the way, I, this movie is a documentary put out by the Maisley Brothers. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Uh, Maisless Brothers. Maisless, okay. Or Maisley. Uh, and I have to say, this is, pro- this is probably our most... Um, Halloween centrically appropriate movie because existentially, this is one of the most frightening fucking the movie movies we're, we're going to talk about. Yeah, that I've seen in well, the, the other one would have been too, but this is existentially one of the most terrifying movies I've okay, ever well, seen. Well, wait a minute, life. I'm glad that you mentioned. So we can God we can work damn. we can sort of bookend here because in 1975, yeah. six six years after this film, they make Grey Gardens. Right. Grey Gardens is. Uh, you should see it, Tom, because it's it's a film about. I don't know if I can dare to see it. It looks te- it a, looks amazing and horrifying. All it the is same horrifying. Time. They made they made a, a like a fictionalized version of it with Jessica Lange and and Drew Mary- Barrymore, and it right, it the, doesn't compare, but it is decent actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the something of Dre Gardens. I think the, their name. Okay, and and so um, it's about a distant cousin of Jacqueline Kennedy slash Onassis, yes. mm-hmm. um, and they are like kind of the original hoarders from the '30s. It's a mother and daughter. Well, not to not not, not to put anybody down. Like I'm sure other people were doing this before they did it, but these are like the first that would got yeah. captured and, and and like recorded for posterity. Actually, I, I mean, there's a famous case of the Jesus. two brothers who lived in Manhattan, and they found uh, they had a town. <laughs> These are the scenes where they find thirteen cat skeletons in somebody's house. Well, this is the one in the Manhattan. The two brothers they found a Buick in the in the Manhattan apartment. <laughs> but that's just because it's hard to park in. They had the, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> once, once you find a space, you don't want to leave it. That's right. All right. So the, so they did great. Their house was a Buick. Okay. Anyway, the year after the film we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and I think maybe based on the skill level of the film we're going to talk about, they did a little film called Give Me Shelter. Right. The documentary yes. about yeah, Altamont yeah. and the Altamont, Stones, yeah. which, by the way, is also something. Maybe we should do that sometime. I mean, I know it's so easy. Oh, a concert. F- you know, no. And by the way. And what these guys did was not. And and the fact that that, that guy was the tried right to thing. stab somebody and, and then. Or, or I'm sorry, tried to shoot somebody and then was stabbed by the Hells Angels. Right. Only made the film like that much more interesting it was already going to be a fascinating film the way sure. they were putting it together right. and and the way these guys put movies together is very much i don't know that i've ever seen anything quite like it before like it's yeah. it's them this is this the, is their thing this is their first they point a camera at some shit and and film it well i mean it's and it, let it unfold yeah well yes and no i mean i'd like to well, talk no, about there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, apparently there's a lot of uh, accusations about staging and things like well, that no, I, I don't know that are just i don't i don't know i'm I'm gonna say that it's it's and never. I'm not sure I care. I'm gonna say that's never. Let's get into this later, but I'm gonna say it's never quite. Even when a masterful documentarian looks like 
they're just sort of pointing the camera. Of course. And I'm not talking about staging, but they're doing so much more than that oh, somehow. I mean, editing, of course, definitely. But even in the moment, and, yeah. and I, but I don't want to call it staging. But okay, so that's so the film we're going to talk about is about 1968, but I also want to talk about a little film before this film. And this is their first full-length documentary. Mm. There's a little short they made before that about a failed film attempt by Mr. Orson Welles called Orson Welles in Spain. Oh, is that what that fucking nightmare and we, was? Yeah, they follow. <laughs> it's, it's about a 12-minute film where they follow Orson Welles waxing poetic wow. on the poetry that is bullfighting and machismo and hairy-chested Spanish men. And he holds oh. court in front of an audience of people who... It's so confusing it's what he was even talking about. Well, I mean, like imagine going back pro to... Pro-bull, like, but not necessarily pro-bullfighting. Imagine going back to, to Morocco and, and like Paul Bowles wants to get high with you. It's a bad idea, but you, you can't resist, right? Oh, yeah, right. I, I would say Hunter Thompson, right. Yeah, yeah right, right. right. So, so it's like... Hunter Thompson wants to do a lot of crazy drugs with yeah, you. Yeah, let's do acid with let's, Hunter Thompson. Okay, right, but... I can remember. It's yeah. going to be bad. And that's, that's what's happening here. They, they follow... I mean, this is the decline of Orson Welles into like madness. I mean, yeah. he was for a long time. Like, like he was around the corner from some peas. You remember that famous recording of him like losing his shit about being directed at a peas commercial? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, really, around the corner from that. Oh, if, by the way, uh, oh, Paul is on wine, the wine commercial. Oh, just have no why before his time. Oh, just cr- yeah, he, he loves his shit. I was a directorial genius. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm t- doubting fucking peas. But the thing was, he's a little bit like Christopher Hitchens in that the arrogance is is like, well, but you are brilliant for a long time. Until like the late and 60s when he just started to lose his shit. And these <laughs> brothers came along and just filmed. I don't know what he was thinking. Well, here's what he's thinking. No one would ever think anything I do isn't brilliant. Yes. And so it's an amazing moment to capture because he's lost his he's, <laughs> his cord. He's completely out of his teeth. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what the fuck he's saying half yeah. the time. I mean, no, the words are very clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's, he's got there's Orson Welles' voice. There's still. a bull and the bull has a hide and the man oh. has chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Drink the wine. Man, the, oh, if we get a chance, remind me of another documentary called Man. Uh, uh, Lost in La Mancha later on. We'll talk about oh, that. Oh, I would. Yeah, that's that's famous. Uh, like film meta, right? Meta documentary. Well, it's a documentary that they, they were doing for like the commentary on a, uh, on, a uh, on the video. Which on Don Quixote, right? Uh, they were going to try to make Don Quixote, which is famously uh, famously unfilmable, apparently. This is the one Terry Gilliam tried to do it, Yes, right? Terry yeah. Gilliam tried to do it. Orson Welles tried to do it many, many years ago, right. which is what remi- kind of reminded me of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, nobody's ever really successfully done a Don Quixote movie. There's like a curse that goes I think the horse it. just wouldn't support Orson, and they they came up with other reasons. So. <laughs> Maybe, but in this one, everything goes. Uh, God, go what, man, uh, lost in La Mancha. Like they're they're, they're filming. And they find out that day that they're on the edge of like a NATO jet testing range. So they gotta. So the, so the sound of jets going by is like all over the. It's it's a fucking. It's a wonderful documentary about watching a film go straight to shit. Yeah, it's totally worth it. It's it's it's, it's an amazing thing to behold. So, anyways, okay, that's okay, enough so, of that. So, nineteen sixty. We're on document, and that's vaguely a doc. It's documentary, so let's keep going. Then. All right. So this the film we were talking about. Is talking about nineteen sixty minds salesman, not the salesman, nope. which is what I thought it was at first. Right? But no, just salesman. Yeah, Bible salesman. Okay, so we're. I mean, of course, the thing that immediately sprang to mind. It's so superfluous when you when you think about it, the. How yes. interesting this movie is! Is Paper Moon? I thought immediately, like, huh, I wonder if they studied this film. You know, the the whole Bible, the the, uh, the sort yeah. of grifter Bible. Because I mean, the thing is, are they grifters? Hmm. Not more than other salesmen, I suppose. They're just, they're just salesmen with everything that that 
implies good, but most, but but really bad. <laughs> yeah, well, it really, it, really trying to get poor people to buy Bibles on installment plan. Yeah, uh, and but but they themselves are victims in a way. Oh, of course, um, they're in this job that's horrifying. It's a terror. Yeah, it is an awful, awful job. I mean, what's great about it is, I mean, I have no idea how they got these people to sign off, or back then you had to sign off, or even allowed them in to their homes with, you know, big cameras and lights yeah. because there are very real conversations yeah. happening between people who don't want to buy these Bibles <laughs> and the salesmen who are desperate for them to buy these Bibles. And, well, and they're being filmed and they're desperately trying not to just go, no, get the fuck out of if here, which ever, is what they should do. you ever been in a timeshare pitch? Not. It's oh. like a timeshare pitch, you know, recorded basically. Like you just Whoa. see in the rights, like when's the time I can speak? About and and some of these salesmen, holy, you know, why? What's the problem? N don't talk for him, man. Let him talk for himself. You know, like right, right. But what's really okay? Oh. So one. And, of and by the way, when I got out of the navy, the first job I had was selling perfume door to door. Yeah. Oh my God, salesmen! I, I I have no capacity to do that. No. That, there's a there's a there's a self hatred that goes on with being a door to door commission salesman. I cannot wrap my head around. It always seems like you should be um, the, the, that salesmen are always victims. Although some people make great livings at it, right? And so oh, it's yeah. like if you know if you're a sociopath, it's perfect, right? Yeah, I mean, what's unless you're one of our listeners, in which case you're an amazing person <laughs> and we love you. Well, but you think about Patreon, like please. all the films about like whether it's Death of a Salesman or like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, it's like that that dichotomy between the types of people is is played out in drama, but to see it sort of organically unfolding mm. before you hear, I think is is really interesting. And, and um, I I don't know where to start, but one thing I found interesting is it has. If you ever seen like a Guy Ritchie film where it's like, <laughs> do you know where I'm going with this? I, I believe so, but I want to like, hear where you like, go with this. Like a movie like Snatch, where it's like the camera sort of pans in to a driver who's right. laughing with a cigarette, and it's like um, the banker, the Joker, yes, the you know the catfish. Yeah, these people all fall into these <laughs> weird little fucking categories, man. Yeah, the loser is the one that the camera mostly enjoys in this. Uh, I think that his name was the Gipper because he was the one who could communicate. The Gipper. Yeah. It was a biblical, it's a, some sort of biblical reference itself, I think. Is it? I, I, I That's from the movie, isn't it? From the new Rodney? But the guy was named the Oh, win, no. win one for the Gipper. Ronald yeah. Reagan. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But where did that well, name Reagan come is from? Where did he get Bible, the Gipper though. from? You never know. Dutch. Where did Dutch get the Gipper from? I don't know. I found out where he got the name Dutch recently, by the way. How? Where? Uh, Ronald, Reagan, Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. God damn it, we're all over the map. But Sorry. Ronald Reagan, when he was a boy, had a Dutch boy haircut. So they called him Dutch, and the nickname stuck. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so you have these five. They're they're New Englanders, right? They're from the Boston area. Yes, they're I think. in the Boston area. There's, there's some pretty good Boston accents, particularly from the salesman. Yeah, well, it's interesting. So, like, I uh, it, it doesn't take tragic proportions until they move out of the New England area because in Boston. You at least it's a little bit of a fair knife fight with those customers, right? Right. So you finally get in, even when they're about to buy. Like there's a great, there's a great scene with a, a mother and a daughter who live together, and the mm -hmm. daughter, the mother's like, "What am I butting in with my big mouth for?" But she's clearly kind of flirting with the salesman, yeah, yeah. and so is the daughter in a different way. But the daughter just wants somebody to hear how lousy her life and her job <laughs> is, and the mother's like, "Oh, she hates a supervisor," and and they're going on and on. And in a weird way, the salesmen are getting some relief because they don't have to do high pressure 
work here. Yeah. And it's this moment where everyone's getting relief from each other. But it's so sad. Nobody because you realize is ultimately what, getting relief at all. No, and you realize like how unrelieved their lives are. <laughs> That, that this visit like, from the Bible salesman is kind of is easing their pain for uh, a minute. I try to like it. Really, is like watching like it's a slow motion like a dissection by. I don't know what it is. It's like, there's nothing about this movie that is uh, pleasant at all. Right. Um, this documentary, but it's fucking fascinating. It, it well, really is. You really are watching a. It's the slow motion car, right? Car wreck, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if if there are pleasantries, it's like look, there are times, and I want to go back to the sales pitches. Yeah, when you're obviously, back in your hotel room. With a bottle of purple. Okay, well, there's a lot of things, right? There are times. There are times when they're actually jovial, and and they're doing a 1969 suburban white salesman version of jovial. Yeah, which is well, sort that's of like a version of. That's a very important way to put it. Down that Muslim town, and <laughs> all the streets are like Persian Alibaba. So open sesame, salami, baloney. I don't know. Am I right, fellas? Ah, There's are no homos around. Like, I mean, like, yeah. just unrepentant. Right. Let me take off my... What are those horrible hats that, that uh, Frank Sinatra used to wear? The little... Oh, they're not fedor- no, they're not fedor- What do they call them? The trilbies. Okay. And, and, trilby. Yeah, so they wear those and, and ridiculous like Ray-Ban sunglasses. But, but then also, the next scene, they'll be in a diner, and they're all smoking cigarettes. They're all just spacing out to like... Uh, it, it's like... There's a great. You can see the movie of their life in you, their head. Do you know the story about, about? You'd like to think they were that self-aware, but they probably aren't. Do you know the story about the guy who? Um, I mean, I even told it to you once. Oh, There's a guy who, who was gonna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was the guy in the '80s who was hailed as a hero in Long Island because he was gonna save the hockey team, the Islanders. Do you know this story? He puts together. Okay, wait so, a minute. Is this a guy with zero money who yes. buys a hockey team? Yes. He, he, I mean, he has like a couple of thousand. <laughs> Damn, bucks, you're a Ponzi. But he team. wants to be a hero yeah, in people's yeah. eyes. So in order, he keeps he saying like checks. Well, he keeps saying like, uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have my uh, my bank wire over um, uh, hundred hundred or one point four million dollars. Yeah, that'll be the one ten percent down. No problem in the morning, and they get a check for like fourteen thousand dollars. Oh my god, that must be a mistake. And he keeps the thing going for months, and they're they're giving him parties in the meantime. And he described it later on, like he he would he would. I would say wake up, but he was up most of every night. Yeah, but he would he would get up and go to his balcony and and have a cup of coffee as the sun rose, and he would say to himself each morning, "Just enjoy these few minutes. These few minutes are, won't be racked with horribleness at what I'm doing. <laughs> Don't do the obvious thing, which is throw yourself off the balcony." I think I mean that's a dramatic uh, version yeah. of it, but I, I yeah, think yeah. these guys live this sort of life where it's like, hey, in ni- in 1969, fifty dollars. On an installment plan for a Bible is a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, rent was like $150. Yeah, 10 months a month, uh, 10 bucks a month for something like a Bible, which is uh, what they were asking a lot of the time in that movie. And just watching, and, and some of them were more successful than others, like right. very obviously. The, again, the sad sack, the, uh, the, the gipper there. Yeah. God, watching him, you could just see him like going like, how, like, how am I going to make rent? Like, what's where's... Where's yeah. all of this going to? And he's 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 in his forties. Yeah, but the thing is, that you get the feeling that it, it just for for this documentation, he was going through it because they all had their strong points. He'd been around for a while, so right. he, he could have been doing this forever. If he was always a loser. It's just that you are going to also you just watch him dry spell it. You're going to have dry spells, and then you're gonna you're gonna pump it out of other people, and that's how you're not going to feel so bad because you've been through this horrible time yourself. Yeah. So you don't mind so squeezing a little here, mm-hmm. a little there from people, and the looks. 
the the silences in the film are some of, are some of the most awkward because you can yeah. see a man and his wife looking at each other like what's what do we say next to get There's these guys out of here? Camera and a fucking salesman, here. right? How, How do we get them out of, out of here? I I mean, have you ever been through something like this? I I came home one time from grad school, and what do you mean? What's the problem with us being here? And uh, <laughs> just saying like all the fucking tools they yeah. they use to make it awkward so you'll buy the fucking thing just to get them yeah. out of there for that. Like yeah. that's like some of them that's like that's like that becomes the tool when everything else fails, right? I, at the end. I was gonna say I came home from oh. grad school one time and, and my then wife was on the porch sort of shrugging as I came up and I was like, What's <laughs> going on? And there were these two guys, vacuum salesmen, and they had wet vacuum, like full on commitment for an hour and a half the front room, even after she said we're not interested, but my husband will tell you. And they were like, ma'am, after we vacuum this, you'll want to buy this. And I was in no fucking mood. <laughs> so I got home and they what were like, what do you think? And I was like, I think you should pack up and go because we're not going to buy this. And I and the guy looked at me and he goes, you have kids? You want them crawling around the dirty floor? And I was like, I was like Ralph Cradman, like, yeah, out, out to the moon. And, and, you know, my stupid wife was like, what are you doing? Like taking their side. Yeah. But it was like, uh, you know, of course, uh, that's the salesman. Like they're yeah. going to wet your floor and make you feel bad about your kids. And it's like you're going to get one or, one or two reactions. People who feel bad that they're buying a Bible or feel mm -hmm. bad that they're not buying a Bible. I, I once Bible. got nailed by uh, uh, my, my the, the, the big weakness for me, of course. Um, Candy. Uh, Ham. <laughs> the came, the came ham loaded with ham. <laughs> he opened the door, stuck his foot in it, and dropped a ham on the floor. <laughs> uh, on his foot, but he didn't mind. No, um, uh, was I had these uh, Jehovah's Witnesses when I was mm -hmm. living up in Katati. Oh, yeah. This little shithole of a town uh, that makes Love frozen. Katati. Yeah, anyways. But uh, these uh, Jehovah's Witnesses showed up, and uh, I don't know. The, the, the trick was uh, they were both beautiful women yeah and like an asshole like opened my door that one time i it yeah. took me like a half an hour to get rid of them and then for the next six months i spent every saturday morning which is when they came by like leaving my place at six in the morning so i didn't oh, have to see so you didn't have to them. encounter them yeah they were too I nice. just, they, they, well, they, I wanted and they were hot yeah right they're beautiful women hot I, Joe. that yeah. is by the way that's fucking evil. a classic tom that's very evil attraction what hot and Married, totally unavailable <laughs> or Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> yeah, attractive in some way and totally unavailable. Yep, yeah. that's me, baby. Mm, can't uh, wait. Should have been a mortician. That would have been my perfect job. Some of the other the other scenes I really like is is in between when they themselves, a Bible salesman, are that little like. Um, business meetings and conventions, God, and they are getting grilled. If, by you're these. Not, if you're not making the sales, you're a shitty person. Yeah, and <laughs> then literally should just dot 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 followed by a parable that will seal the whole deal from the holy book itself. Yes. Holy Christ, yeah. man! Uh, it's it is a it's brutal be an extra film. step brutal to be. Not just a door-to-door -door salesman, but a door-to-door yeah. -door salesman of the Bible. Of religious texts in some uh, no, way. The religious, the only one that really matters it's as far as anybody in this movie. Is it's concerned. still a bestseller, man. It's the best-selling book of all time. How could you not sell it? God damn it. But look on my shelf. I have three other. Do you have this Bible, man? It's the OED of Bibles. <laughs> this one was passed in 100. One of them had like a Bible for like 100 generations. Yeah. Like, you know, for 100 it's years a, in their family. Passed down multiple. Scratch and sniff Bible. There's I'm one. Sure that's very 
very nice. But what about this? One? Yeah, and there was one where it's like, I have. Do you have a uh, one that's oh. told only in pictures? And she, you could see her like, oh, God I don't. <laughs> I guess you're gonna. Nobody show. does. <laughs> you fucking monster. Do you have a Bible uh, with, with photography by Annie Leibovitz? Is a movie without a hero of any kind? No, that's a good point. Because the, because that's the other side of this too, right? It's people you, you feel sorry feel, for. Well, okay, right. Yeah. Here's the thing: you could feel sorry for the salesman, mm-hmm. but you have to know they po- they picked that job they totally they totally bought yeah. that fucking real estate and so there's only so far sorry you can feel for them there's another and thing they're not heroes because they're they're very they're very little people there's another layer i think adding to your point that i think happens with distance because that film is now this is 50 years it's 50 years old that film right i suspect some of those guys are dead Oh, I would say, yeah, may, and maybe one or two by their own hands. No literal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but I'm going to say this. Yeah, fair enough. I think. What, what it was it? 69, right? 69. Oh, fuck. The year yeah, of your they're delicious exactly birth, my, my friend. Yeah. Wow, wow. Um, I would hate to think that one, uh, that one, of, them one of them is alive. One of them all. No, no. Yeah. One of them is still alive, even. Oh, but most of them. Yeah, never mind. I know, Joe. Yeah, I'm unhealthy. I get that. Thank you very <gasps> Actually, much. Actually, you're very healthy these days. No, I don't want to hear it. That's too late now. <laughs> You can't make that up. <laughs> Fucking Bulgarian. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I it's guess the, new <laughs> the point I was about wheat. <laughs> to make about this. You're making me forget, you uh, bastard. Mm, sorry. Remind me of someone else I know. Mm. Ah, well. I think it's a great film. It's Oh, well, here it was. So it's with 50, so any- <laughs> <laughs> 50 years later. 50 shades of years later. The, the suspicion... That the lives of people you even feel sorry for in the film are actually full of actions that you, that are evil. In other words, the man and wife in Florida who are so poor they can't afford this Bible. Yeah. In 1969, you can feel sorry for them and have a split feeling about the salesman. Mm-hmm. But looking back, you just know that motherfucker from Florida who lives in a trailer was doing some awful shit in 1969. So it has a second layer, like archaeological layer of like darkness oh, like, to it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, let me, let me, I think I'm going to translate this one. In other words, if you kicked open the door to his closet, you'd find his KKK. Closet. Yeah, or or he he dined at a, a segregated lunch counter and didn't even think about it. In other words, right. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. by the way, let's not leave Boston out from that. Boston is as bad or worse than any You're city in the about, South. And I think they were about six years away from proving that, weren't they? The busing riots? Actually, let me look at our listeners. Uh, no, Boston's great. Either one of you guys. <laughs> that Bambino curse was undeserved. <laughs> anyway. No, you, you've heard about the uh, the Boston busing riots. You ever heard of that? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. fucking amazing. That's a, tr- that's a hell of a What about part. that tea party, though? Well, mm-hmm. delicious. Yeah. All right, my friend. <laughs> I, I recommend this movie heartily. Oh, I like this movie a lot. It's it's a movie that I that yeah I adore. I'm so glad. I don't know if I ever want to watch it again. It's really yeah. in in, in like, existentially. It's just it's a horrifying movie. But go check it out. Fucking a man. This is really this is what point and click documentarianism can really sort of point and shoot can really bring you. I, well, I want to putting aside um, like the whole Ken Burns movement of because it's like you know there you have like you're supported by PBS. It's going to be a multi multiple episode episodic documentaries. Sure. Putting that type of things like single 
um, documentary filmmakers. And it's like, you know, you have your Michael Moores, who, like, I think is kind of a bag of shit in terms of his truth telling abilities, but I, I do think he's very talented and he's mm. very interesting and he has interesting ideas to look at. Certainly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mistake, the mistake, of course, is trying to maintain that he's any kind of a neutral. That's simply not the case. Right. And, and I don't even mind that because, well, in, because I'm going to mention, I'm going to say that the two purest documentaries that I've seen that, that I also. I don't know. That I also really like is um, Siri. What documentary do I like? <laughs> Sorry, um, I, I would I would put this one alongside 1975's Harlan County, USA. Uh, now that yeah, one, we knew we did that. That when we did also. Yeah. Now that one is not. It definitely has a point of view. It sure. is right. Oh, you think? Yeah, but the thing is, I think they're just they're kind of guerrilla. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. made in that sense, right? They're not too polished. They have a definite sort of um, strategy to them, mm-hmm. and they both get at some truths that are hard. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just occurring to me. What are, like, an, interesting, an interesting thing to do would be to, to, to take that kind of point-and-shoot thing on stand-up. I think that would be really kind of an interesting documentary. And it, They did one that was called Stand-Up with Jerry Seinfeld, idiot. Oh, I'm sorry. It's called Punchline with Tom Hanks. <laughs> mm. Punchline, baby. <laughs> the, the, the stand-up comedy movie every stand-up comic loves to hate. Oh, Punchline? Oh, Punchline, yeah. Oh, I would think it's one of those rare instances where something's so bad it's kind of, but it's just too, it's too painful. Are you kidding? In one night, you could become a great stand-up, and there weren't even good well, stand-up. The stand-up wasn't even good. In the movie. I guess the problem there is from a from a, a stand-up's point of view is is the thought that a, the audience members would think that that's true. Well, and a woman's funny, even Jesus, man, come on, that's the heart of the movie, Joe. You know, she was <laughs> Sally Fields was very funny and Sybil. <laughs> uh, which one? Which one of her? Okay, nice. Um, if but just to close this out, now that you're on that theme, uh, what is it? A, what would make a definitive? Or do you have like a, a, a scaffolding or outline of what a, a definitive documentary about standups would be? Because I, no, I think I really don't. I think it would. I think it, I think it's. You know what? It's funny thing. It's like every. Um, Every two years, some young stand-up that I know talks about putting together a documentary, and sometimes they'll, you know, they'll, they'll even start putting together Always about themselves, plan. right? Well, it's always about, like, what are open mics like? And all like this. And I think that's part of it, but I think, but I think every one of them approaches it with the, the overarching notion of having, like, their, their, their viewpoint in it. I like the idea of I, – I, I'm liking the idea right now of just aiming a camera at the fucking thing and letting it play out. That would be kind of interesting to me. But what would you like play out so it's not a concert footage? Would you follow, like, a, a – a comic and, and like a, together maybe several? a group of comics or, or even just a room somewhere. You know, it might be interesting actually mm. also, I mean, another, another viewpoint on that is to make a documentary about standups um, that never actually gets any of their time on stage and actually doesn't even focus on them very much for a la this. I'm interested. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> should we be talking about this? Why, why not? Oh, right. This is nobody's listening. Right. Go right. Um, Might as well be in, a, in the trunk of your car. Right. Uh, and that's um, Hannah Gatsby hmm. um, has followers. And by followers, I don't just mean fans. I mean, people. she's created a sort of like McNeil Lehrer, you know, uh, fan base of people who talk. And, and I would say the same thing with Louis C.K. now. Hmm. And I would, you know, so it's like it's. Comics well, that, that that create controversy, but not just because of salacious news, but because people are considering like, what do you do, or can that be done, or what's the consequence of doing it that way? Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and you know, did you see that? Remember? Did you read that link that I sent you? 
Uh, no, I it, never did. The idea, the idea, it's kind of uh, the idea was that uh, cancel culture, which is mm-hmm. what it's called, yeah. uh, has actually created a kind of a new market, and then people like Dave Chappelle, his last, his last thing, yeah. like he cynically exploited the existence of cancel culture yeah. to. You know, to sell more records, essentially, or get more views in his Netflix special, which I think is kind of part of the same question. That's interesting. I, by the way, I hate the the phrase. I oh yeah, that. absolutely. But it's it is, but it phrase. is a thing that exists and it is there. Uh, I mean, what do you, I mean, unless there's another word you want to call it, then I'm happy with that. Well, I mean, I think even I mean, just we're going far foot here, but but even calling, calling it, it a culture, giving it a name, is yeah. sort of like you're kind of playing into the hands of really what it is is an unfair blacklisting or firing. Ah, okay. You know, and that can cover lots of things because then it gives us some sort of commonality. It gives, I mean, Dave Chappelle is obviously not going to be canceled, but someone who is. Right. It gives right, some right. commonality with someone who's blackballed for some other reason. Then you mm-hmm. can have a common conversation. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So speaking of which. Let's wrap it up, baby. You have uh, something to plug. Besides uh, <laughs> your Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. About, what the, anyways. Um, yeah. Go check it out. TomSmithComedy.com. Uh, go look it up. All right. See you later, Tom. Adios, Mr. Finley. <laughs>